Welcome to the Shelter Footy Cast. Will Schofield, Mark Reddings, taking you through all the big stuff in the AFL of the week gone by and coming up ahead. Skeeter, we've got a Patreon now, mate. Are you excited? I've never heard the term Patreon, but I'm on board with you, Scoey. If you take me to the promised land, I'm there. VIP content, discounts, and much more. Backchatstudios.com.au to sign up as a VIP. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Yes, welcome to a new week. Second week of the Shelter Footy Cast back at you from Backchat Studios. It's the Southern River Band boys, Cal and the lads out of Thornley. Shelter Footy Cast on socials. You can send us an email. Look, you can do both of these. Footycast at shelterbrewing.com.au or we have a brand new uh, email, if you like that, Skeeter, footycast at backchatstudios.com.au. So if you see Skeet out in the wild... Uh, if you've got some feedback from Skeet and my commentary of the scratch match over the weekend, <laughs> which there was plenty. Was there? Ple- yeah, there was. Please send it in or hit us up on socials as well. Mark Reddings is with me today. Will Schofield with you as well. Hello, mate. <laughs> Hello, Schofield. You played me some of the audio that Backchat gets as feedback from some listeners. I That's said, right. Who are they? Are they like a, a part of the company? I said, no, they're just punters <laughs> ring in to tell you how crap we were or how good we were or how indifferent we were. What? How, so... Um, uh, yourself and I, we called the West Coast yes. Fremantle game, and we're going to get into that game in a little bit. How how would you ten being you know Bruce McAvaney and Dennis Kennedy, uh, zero being uh, you and I down at the shoe bar on a <laughs> Sunday night? Where were we? I think we were, and this has been. I think we were solid. I think we just tried to call the game, and I enjoyed it. To be honest, it was uh, it was a bit of fun. And, and out of ten, please. Well, I'm, I'm always modest. I'm, I'm giving us a, a pass, a five. Five. I'd give us a five. Yeah. Pre-season for us too. Yeah. I stuffed Tom Emmett's name up three times. I called him Josh, Matt and Dale pretty much. <laughs> I love Tom Emmett as well. Anyway, Skeeter, before we get there, we're going to do a huge, huge show down at Shelter Bustleton this Thursday, 8 p.m., long weekend. You might be down there. If you're not, you might be coming down there. You and I are going to preview the West Coast and the Fremantle years to come. Plenty of big news coming out of both clubs. We're going to be live down there from 8 p.m. Get there at 7, and you'll buy everyone a beer. I'm, I'm, I'm shouting at the bar. It's your shout on the bar oh, from 7 p.m. Couldn't work any better. No, looking forward to it, because had a look at the forecast, and it's going to be 30-plus degrees Beautiful. Thursday, Friday. It's going to be really busy, I'm, I'm guessing, even come Thursday. So, no, great spot. Shelter, we've both been there. Love the hospitality. Bustleton is buzzing, and while I just drive down in my Kia from uh, the metropolitan uh, area, you're just flying in from Melbourne to Bustleton. So this shows you where we are in our, our respective uh, lives at the moment. I'll need to get a sponsorship agreement deal uh, through to the boys at Shelter if we're going to keep pushing uh, <laughs> Kia at the Kia Sorento that parked out the front. Uh, some of the great uh, advertising we saw during the week. Now, Skate uh, tickets you can find on the Shelter website, shelterbrewing.com.au, or you can find them in our link on our bio here at the Shelter Footy Cast on socials. Happy with that, Skeet? Love it. Um, you know, I've got no idea what you're talking about. I'm just there to provide a, you know, a wingman for you. 
Let's get into the big moments that are around, Skeeter. Look, I thought this was a really big one. Um, off the back of scratch matches being played around the country, uh, we called the West Coast Freo one, but they're happening all over the place. A couple of things before we have a look at the vision. Do understand this is the first time clubs have played against another jumper as well. So it's proper pre-season. When, when, as a player, when you go out there uh, and you see some different jumpers for the first time, it's, it's a bit of a shock to the system because you've been playing against your teammates. You've been seeing the same stuff. They know what you're trying to do offensively. Uh, as, as an offense, you know what you're trying to do defensively. So it's a bit of a stalemate. Like You don't get the looks that you do against another side. So we've seen that across the weekend. Um, this was Adelaide and Port Adelaide playing, uh, obviously, over in South Australia. And Sammy Palpepper has come under a bit of strife for this hit, Skeeter. Uh, that was it in fast motion. It looks pretty brutal. This is it slowed down for you. Willie Rioli making a tackle as well. It looks worse in slow motion, obviously. If we're going to have one more look at the fast motion, if you had that, Nick, I, I, my opinion on this one, I'll reserve until I've heard what you have to say about this one, Skeeter. Well, I would, been reported. I would suggest it, the end result here will, is that he will be suspended. He'll miss round one against the Eagles. That's, Agree. that's a given. Agree. It, the, the next step is how many weeks does he get off the back of that? Now, I made a phone call yesterday, and the AFL has in its discretion to allow him to serve some of his suspension during, I believe, the preseason. That's a little tweak. Yeah, a little tweak, but by the same token, that's at their discretion. So he may be forced to serve whether it's one, two, three weeks. Sorry? It's during at the their discretion. That's, I believe, at their discretion. Now, that to me is a... That's a very that great... That ridiculous. Very great. No, it is. So, but oh, by, do it or don't. But by and large, two days prior to that, I read that he's able to serve, say, a week of his suspension playing against uh, Fremantle, for instance, on Friday night. Right. So that is still, to me, a great... Going back to what the occurred there, look... I do feel sorry for Sam Pepper, but he's come. This case has come at exactly the wrong time for him. Mm. And again, I don't think any malice. I don't think there was a, a, an intent to to uh, inflict the damage he did on on Mark Keane coming out of a tackle, as we saw there. He braced himself. He obviously kept his elbow down, but he's in trouble. I, I want to. I want you to hold your thought on how many weeks you think he's going to get, because you've got to remember we've got rule changes coming in to protect the head. We've just had. A great player of the game in Angus Brayshaw retire due to concussion. The AFL is under enormous heat to protect the head and they're doing that via putting responsibility on the players to have a duty of care and increase duty of care when they're coming into a contest. All of that said, I think this specific contest, and, I, and, I, and I've got to stress that I think every single incident needs to be looked at uh, alone with precedent. So you need to look at what's happened in the past, who's been given what for, for what, actions but then you need to look at this specific incident and not compare it to anything else Sam Pepper, physical player is approaching the contest fast if you're watching in fast motion this is happening in one oh. second speed as he gets to about a meter away Willie Rioli is tackling him and, and the, the player goes, given the 360 essentially he goes from one side to the other now Sam Pepper has already made a his first decision is he's going to impact this contest physically. He's he made that five seconds ago, ten seconds ago. He's seen, uh, he's he's a good player. He knows how to tackle. He knows how to bump. He's come at that about a meter away. Uh, the Hawthorne player goes from being on the left of Willie Rioli to being slung on his right hand hip. Uh, should Sam Pepper have an increased uh, level of uh, duty of care? Yes, he has to. 
in a d- split d- second. D- is that a thug hit no. like some people suggested? I don't think it is at all. Um, but I also think that he's going to get a lot of weeks. I think they're going to give him three to four weeks. Yeah, I, I, if I was to, to make nail a, a number, I'd say three. And that's, again, if there's stuff on social media about him and he's the way he attacked that contest, I, I think I think he summed it up pretty well with regards to the type of player he is, the type of incident it was. I, I think because of what's just happened and the AFL concussion is going to be huge, I think three weeks... I don't think any more than three. I think that would be a that would be that's maximum for for Sam Pepper. I think for what he did, mind you, Keane was concussed. This will be a catalyst for the entire year. Yeah. This in, exact incident. This is the first one they've seen in the you know new probably mindset, especially the tribunal. I think they're going to go heavy. Uh, I, I I think with these new rules in place, we're going to see more of this. Um, they want to see less head contact. There's going to be the same amount of head contact. I don't think he can. I don't think he can stop doing that unless he doesn't make the. He makes the choice not to impact the uh, contest physically and, in the first place. And Ken Hinckley would be saying to him, "Hey, what's going on?" Well, but this is the way the game's going. Ken Hinckley's going to have to not react like that. Yeah. And and Sam Pepper's going to have to go. Well, hopefully Willie Rowley gets his tackle done, and I'm not coming to impact this contest because we're not seeing that yet. That's what the AFL's trying to do, um, which I. I think overall for the game, I don't think that's a good thing, but it's good for players in their heads. Which so you're saying the AFL will crack down on this, but the MRO still has, to my knowledge, the, the same criteria as they did last year? Or has that changed? I mean, that's, that, a good that's the question. If, if Christian is still, Michael Christian has still got the same criteria to base a penalty from last year, then in that sense, all he can go on is the rules that are in play. Whether the AFL is going to exert some more pressure behind the scenes to to up the ante. Wasn't that a shit show last year with Michael Christian saying stuff and then it gets sent to the tribunal and then it, some would get off, some would, you know. I feel, you know, I feel sorry for Michael Christian yeah, in yeah. many cases. Yeah, correct. Uh, let's go on to another bit of issue that happened over the weekend. Apparently, coaches, and I'm not sure why all 18 weren't uh, polled, by the way. It's <laughs> six. VFL. So, so they've done six of them. Oh, I think eight, six, eight, eight or six of them. Okay. Could have just sent an email out to the 18, I reckon. But uh, uh, multiple uh, coaches in, in this realm, and they're some of the biggest voices and, and names in the AFL are a big yes for mid-season trades. Craig McRae being one of those, Michael Voss being one of those, Ken Hinckley uh, also a supporter. Uh, Chris Scott a little bit further back than them, but he was a bit of a 50-50. Mid-season trades on top of the already uh, acquisition period that it's there in place. There's a draft there right now. How do you reckon trades would work? And are you for them? Well, I think it's inevitable. I think it's going to happen. Yep. That we'll get a, a trade period in play, and I'm guessing it'll coincide at the same time or within a day or two or a week or two of the, the draft, a mid-season draft, mid-season. So uh, I, I suspect they'll coincide. I'm presuming that the, the draft will stay, the trade comes in. I think there's a – I'll put it this way. I think there's a, a likely prospect that if you've got a Dan McStay injured knee, uh, Jay McGovern down – after round seven, and you're short a key defender or a key forward, I can see the merit. I can see the the reasons for having it. So, in broad principle, yeah, I, I support it, uh, and I, th- I think it'll happen. I think clubs will want to do it. Look, there's I don't I don't have every in and out of this one, but things that jump off the page for me, players that are not getting a game at AFL level at, at, at clubs around the country, they're not on big money. Like if you're on big money, you're getting a game. So, if a player at Hawthorne couldn't get a game at Hawthorne yet. West Coast has a ruck spot come up with As that. As they thing, have. Right? And they've got a spare ruckman in Lloyd Meek. 
right? Mm. Lloyd Meeks not be on big money. He's got to pick up his stuff, move his life across the country halfway through an AFL season. That would be one issue. But I read Michael Voss sort of address this one, and he just said, uh, if you're not getting a game on an AFL list and another club says we're going to give you a game every week, you'd probably move to the other side of the world if, you, if you're serious about your career and you'd yep. make it work. So that that's one thing. The other thing would be, uh, and again, I'm, I'm sort of like talking and thinking at the same time here, clubs that are going really well and, and versus clubs that you know aren't competing or maybe the year ahead they're not going to be competing, they're an ageing list, maybe this makes the good clubs better. Unfairly so, you mean? Or maybe. Gives them that chance. Yeah, look, I, uh, yeah. But how many how many trades could you make? I mean, surely it's only yeah, one that'd or two. Be, that'd be limited. I mean, one or two would be enough to at least have the interest, give clubs scope to, to as you say, whether it's a ruck deficiency or a, an area of the ground that they've lost a player or they feel they need to improve to, to challenge. Yeah, I think one or two, and it was going to come in this year to your knowledge. Yeah, uh, I, I, was, I was told by a pretty good source that it was coming in and it got it got kiboshed at the very last second. Yeah. Um, maybe with play association few, involved in all that, and a bit of you know. Given that Andrew Dillon's come in as a new boss, I don't think they wanted to shake the apple cart too much. But I think they'll be in. It'll be in next year. It'll be interesting if we see a really big player go mid mid season. Like imagine if Dusty Martin halfway through the year went from Richmond to Gold Coast because he knew uh, in twelve months' time he was going there anyway. Maybe he just pulls the trigger halfway through because Richmond are shit house anyway, and you know. Maybe I mean, how far away are we from having a two minute warning? In um in AFL, what's the two minute warning? Oh, I say it in, in, in NFL. NFL's got the two minute warning, right? And so, you think we're going too far down? No, no I'm just saying. Oh, I love the NFL. You do as well. Yes. But we, you know, we've we've taken so much from what we see in the NFL in terms of and American sport essentially. Yes. You know, the draft, the salary cap, the trade. It's you know we are heading in a very American direction with our our sp- off you know with our recruitment etc. Two minute warnings are a piss take. But that's, well, that's they've gone essence. very they've gone very heavy with protecting the head. Yeah. They've changed numerous rules over the last five years uh, they used to have uh, safeties just coming from a long way back picking off wide receivers that doesn't happen anymore because basically they started finding them like their entire match fees and then and then some for repeat offenses so I don't know if the AFL has those mechanisms to do that to to AFL players because you'd see some fines in the NFL Hundred thousand dollars, two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, you I do mean, that to an AFL player; they don't have any money. I mean, there's the, the laws now with the NFL with the helmet on helmet. There's yeah, just yeah. so many yeah, different variations of of how they're protecting the head, and that's all because of the, the defamation, the lawsuits, the legalities, that, yeah, legalities that have um, come through in the last uh, five to ten years. I tell you what, uh, five to ten years, we've got a bit of a blast from the past. Just to jump out of footy for a second here, skater, uh, just have a look at some of your best work here, skate. Can we have a bit of sound? Don't have the sound for that right now. Because uh, we're going to need the sound for this one. Okay. Don't have the... Yeah, well, it's a it's a Mark Redding's... Uh, we, we'll come out of that and do that another time. Uh, I, I just wanted to give you a little look at something. I'll put it in my back pocket. Okay. okay. Is it so you're, you're taking the mickey out of me? Or well, is it well what do you think? Do you think... Do well, you you're think I'll be... Do you think you'll be... You're pumping me up in two years doing this show, so I'm not, I'm not expecting a surprise. Uh, kill that, boys. Just kill it. Okay. Will Schofield, Mark Reddings, Shelter Footycast. West Coast Eagles and Dockers played in their first match sim and... Yours truly and Mark Rennings were there to call all the action. If you want to know even more about both those sides, make sure you get your tickets to the show at Bustledon this Thursday, 8pm at Shelter Brewery. It's going to be a great night because Skeeter's going to have no money left by the end of the night. You can get your tickets both on our socials and the Shelter website. Skeeter, how did you see the game overall? Enjoyed it. Fremantle 
I was really impressed by the midfield, the forward connection of the likes of Tracy, Amos and Jackson, really good. Lots to like about Fremantle, and I thought their midfield, the way they had the synergy they had between Fife with the back doing what he does in his natural habitat as a midfielder, uh, Sarong, so good early. I thought they, they showed enough in the midfield with uh, Darcy primarily rucking, that mm. they're going to be... Yeah, and, and the fact that they're injury-free, essentially, without yep. too many concerns again from the weekend, massive for them. Down back, they look solid. I, you know, it's a, don't get me wrong, it's a one pre-season match. So yeah. the bullish factor on them, and a lot of Eagles fans would be absolutely shaking their head thinking, this is going to be a disaster. And Same the other way, it's probably not as bad as it seems for West Coast. It's not as good as it seems for Frio, it's not as bad as it seems for West Coast. Yeah, no, look, the Eagles, I thought, and we, we mentioned this in the commentary, I thought their pressure on the ball carry was 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 really good, and I thought they, they had some, a bit like last year though, they had times where they just, they, they lost their way in the course of a quarter. But I, I saw the effort and the, the physicality to me seem better, the tackling pressure yep. than from last year. And they've still got a, a ton of issues, not the least of which, and you highlighted this pre-game and during the match about, you know, Bailey Williams having spent all summer trying to get a role as a forward. And, um, you know, last year was he was pinch hitting. Now he's going back to what he had to do. And you you suggesting that Matt Flynn might be out for... Upwards of three months? Well, I haven't seen the scans, clearly, but um, I'm hearing it's a hamstring tendon issue, and the people I've spoken at the football club said it's not a three to four weaker. So that tells me it's a tendon injury, and that's about a. I reckon it's about as bad a result as West Coast could have had, given the dynamic that he's changed at the footy club. Bailey Williams as a forward. You've got mm. Jake Waterman being able to play a different role than he's going to have to do now. Um, with Matt Flynn as a standalone ruck. We spoke about this, how how important he was. He was their number one important player, I think we said, last week. So he's done his tendon in a captain's run. I can, have, can you explain I, this I, to me? I have no idea what they were doing to have done that. Yeah, because captain's run to the outsider is uh, pretty low-key. Very low-key. Pretty, low key. pretty uh, the, 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 the intensity factors... It's meant to be like that. It's the right. day before the game. So you're, just, you're literally just getting your body going, make, you know, not even making... You know, just getting it prime. So I don't know what the action was. It uh, wasn't there. But that's just... Uh, that, that it, it's, it's huge news. I'm, and I said this last week. I think West Coast... I'm not going to try and preview their season too much, but... You're not bullish at all. You're, in fact, you're well off the back of these injuries, mate, and they're, they're more injured than they were last year. So I can't be bullish, absolutely not. But I did want to speak about Frio um, and the positivity I saw from there. Yes, loved their forward line, which we spoke about um, last week, but uh, that was the real deal. Josh Tracy, Luke Jackson, and Jai Amos—they looked outstanding, um, just just as pure forwards. Their midfield was calm, collected. They had a lot of clearances. We didn't have stats with us at the time, which made it a little bit difficult. But Fife had twenty in the first half. Didn't use his feet much, but by hand he was. <laughs> one of the big. one of the all time stitch ups. You and I, we'd noticed like he was playing well. It's sometimes hard if you don't have the stats in front of you, but he was around it. And I've given him one of the all time raps. Just great to see the two time Brownlow medalist back where he belongs in the midfield. He's just superstardom. The tap comes down. So as the special comments, I hand to you, and you go, you know, Darcy down to Brayshaw. Gives to Fife, Fife takes one on, takes another on, bang, Gone. holding the ball, <laughs> just stun mullet at the top of the square. <laughs> I, I thought their midfield was great. Their backs didn't have to do much, but there was some good run from Jordan Clark. Looked really good back there. But the best thing that I saw from the Frio Dockers, and 
this is something you can take out of a match sim because um, that's all this was. It was a scratch match. So don't get too carried away, West Coast fans. Don't get carried away too much. Freo fans, but their connection from their midfield to their forward line. Look good. Like multiple, multiple times. Uh, the pressure, the pressure's real. So you get that that upward um, tick in pressure, and they they connected so many times with a player out, and whether it was work done behind the footy, whether it was the delivery from the midfielders, whether it was the work done uh, by the forwards in the contest, it, that they looked really good, and that's something that you can work on a whole preseason, and then when you can deliver it, it you can you can see with your eyes that it's that it's a big improvement. Because they, they had issues last year with being able to do that. And, and I thought it was really good. And their ball movement was pretty good too. Absolutely. And you mentioned, look, it's early days and they still might end up missing him a heap. But Lockie Schultz's absence is noted. And we know that's going to be hard to replace. But with Sam Sutkowski, Michael Walters. Tom Emmett. Tom Emmett. I was about to get to him. The, you know, It mightn't be the, the tragedy in football parlance that, that we've made out over the summer. Lockie Schultz will do super well at, at Collingwood, but there's a way out of this. And, and I've got to put this young bloke into the mix. He kicked his first goal for the Dockers. His name's Cooper Simpson. No, He's taken a pick 35. He may not play round one. He may not play for, for, for the first month, but he'll be playing senior footy. You like him. And, oh, I do. And truly, what you saw yeah. gives you optimism that he's uh, he's tracking well. Well, yeah, what I do like is, and I, and I know the Freo fan base loves getting around players uh, like a Tom Emmett or a Cooper Simpson. You can see the talent there. Lockie Schultz was much loved by the Freo fan base. And I think Tom Emmett could be that guy. Cooper Simpson, um, for a young guy, he had he just had some things, didn't he? You could just see that he bit of a ooh, ooh, little bit of left and right, um, had a bit of pace. They played him in the midfield a bit, especially as the game went on and the, the senior guys came out. Nat Fife will be permanent midfielder he, he, well, I don't think he'll even play forward like he didn't even look like he rested forward too and, and much it just looks more natural for him and the, the caveat is is whether he can maintain that that bull approach to the ball and the contest and, and maintain his health a bit like Elliot Yo, you know, yep. and Elliot showed some really nice signs at the weekend we thought yep he's back moving pretty well and I know we're veering yeah, here you good. mentioned that he's, he's had to change his running technique which is a, an extraordinary I would have thought um, deviation away from what you've done for most of your life. Yeah, I mean, imagine trying to change that. Um, look, yeah, he spent quite a lot of time. I think, I think, changing his running technique, so you can see he's more upright, and that's to take sort of load off his his hips, his groins, his hammies, the, the issues he's had over the past couple of years. And he had one one play in particular where he sort of got that ball coming around the back of the contest, and then hit the gap and ran away from everyone. We haven't seen that no. for you know, multiple years now. So I think that's big for West Coast. Look, they had a couple of injuries. Uh, we've spoken about Matt Flynn, the boy, uh, Ruben Jimby. Uh, he was looking pretty good in through the midfield. He had a big head clash with Luke Jackson, so not sure when we'll see him next. What do you, I know, look, you're a massive fan. What is Ruben Jimby going to be in 2024? Because we saw him last year. He was... Looked like he was playing more at, at times, more of a nullifying role as opposed to a creative role. What is he? I'd like to see him getting more outside ball, and like I don't know if that's doing what they're doing with a Harley Reid off the back flank or just playing him in areas that apparently his running capacity is just absolutely unbelievable. You could play him on a wing; he'd be super dangerous out there. Um, um, I read, and I'm sure we're not supposed to be. And we did mention on the call about he's listed the last 
last sighting I saw of his weight at 83 kilograms. So we're not allowed to talk about his weight. Is that no, what you're joking about? The AFL, the, the <laughs> AFL record, well, the AFL, you know, the Bible. He's bigger than 83. I'm going to say 83. That's, that's maybe about 95. That's about five, 10 kilos light, isn't it? <laughs> and, I, and I, you know, weight wise, he's he's just put some muscle muscle as has Matty Johnson. By I was, the way. yeah, I was going to say if you look at the two guys, it was Ruben Jimby by sight, just looked phenomenal, and Matt Johnson, he looked really good. He started in the middle for Frio as well, so it was sort of. He, Brayshaw, Sarong and Fife were like the four main guys in there, I think. Jago Amira sort of came yep. in and out. Will Brody, they got through, which will be interesting to see how Will Brody goes this year. I don't know what sort of role he plays. He's certainly a couple of couple back in yeah. that midfield. Well, he for played the 24 games two seasons ago. Last season, just five games. So there was a clear message from Justin Longmuir that there were areas of his game that weren't up to scratch, including his defensive capacity. So perhaps that's that's something he's had to work on. But uh, the Dockers, if they're if they're skinny anywhere, I think they need as many mid. Like if it's Cooper Simpson coming through, if it's Brody back in the mix, they've just got to get more depth. You can't keep relying on on Brayshaw, Sarong, mm. uh, as you know, Mira to some extent as your as your main ball winners. They they have to give have seven or eight players that can can rotate there at any given time. And I think we'll see that. Uh, it wouldn't be a West Coast game without talking about Harley Reid. And I thought you and I did a pretty good job of calling this one. He came down with cramp late in the fourth quarter. Uh, we called that, didn't get up, ball went out. And then as it comes back in, he sort of jumps back to his feet, sees a chance to take a hanger, goes up. And I reckon, well, he's cramped in the middle of the air. And I thought it looked like he came down with a straight leg. And then he was lying on the ground holding his knee. Yeah. Wasn't he? Well, I, I I immediately thought he's gone down with cramp again. You rightfully having looked at the vision or seen where his hands were, thought, "Hang on, this is a bit more concerning." So we were. I just didn't want to take the piss out of him, no, you no. know, and have a laugh uh, with cramp when you know he was sitting there holding his knee, and every West Coast fan in the country would have been holding their collective breaths. Uh, gets up, walks off, all good, but cooked, completely yeah, cooked. Yeah, yeah. And and look, if he to summarise his game. He started most quarters from memory inside the centre square. Yep. He played down back a bit, took a kick in, which he showed a bit of bravado and dash. He ran outside the 450. <laughs> that was he got the ball almost up to, to centre-half forward. Uh, he got done a couple of times for trying to... We saw it in intra-club matches where he used the fend-off mm. successfully against opponents or his teammates. Didn't work against the Dockers. So, well, you know what? Just let the kid learn on the job. And I think what we saw, a beautiful hit-up pass, I think I called... Yep. Uh, from half back to the wing, there's there's well, ample time for him. We, as in the media, have got to do our best to not pick pick a party's game every after week, one I game. Think. Yeah. So I think I think just let him go. There's some really exciting stuff there, but he's also 18 years old. So good luck to the young fella. Will Schofield, Mark Reddings, Shelter Footycast. Freo won that game, by the way. Uh, they absolutely spanked them. But how good was the second match we called? Two 20-minute uh, match simulation? That was, ter- that, was, that was really terrific stuff. Uh, didn't have a name in front of us with a number. So. <laughs> we had a couple of names missing, a couple of numbers missing. I think we did pretty well. Pat Voss played pretty well. Yes. And so we finally figured out that was Pat Voss. <laughs> Let's be honest. We can, we can be honest. And we were told not to call it like a main main event, main feature. Yeah, a event, bit more so. of a chat. It was good. But then every now and then, you know, someone would buy it. Matty Tabernacle. Went all right down there yeah. as well. So yeah, Cooper Simpson played a bit of that game, which yeah. you tend to think means he's back in the pack, which makes or, sense. Yeah, I am. Or yeah, they're trying to get more more work into him than a Nat yep. Five. So now Skeeter AFL Club preview. We did the first eight without West Coast and Freo. We're now doing the last eight, and that's not ladder position. That's alphabetically. If you're um, playing along at home, Skeeter, yeah, you playing along at home. 
Oh, I'm trying. Okay, Hawthorne. Let's get into Hawthorne. Their biggest in of the trade period, I think, has got to be Jack Ginevan from the Collingwood Football Club. Yes, I agree. I can't dispute that. Interesting. It's so bizarre. How many times off the top of your head, be very few, where a premiership player yeah. leaves to go to another club the following year? I mean, I'm sure there are... There are Cases, mm. um, but not many. Not they're few and far between. I'd suggest. Yeah, that's a very good call. But I think he'll be a different ma- difference maker for the Hawthorne Footy Club. Uh, maybe your child will be a pretty good pick up as well. I would say. Uh, now, biggest out, Tyler Brockman, who was injured with knee soreness for West Coast on the weekend. I don't think that's a good good uh, uh, sign there either. But Tyler Brockman looks good, and I think that's their biggest out. And maybe Jacob Kaziski if he if he emerges at Richmond as a, as a, as a real talent. So uh, traded, of course, to them. Uh, look, you talk about clubs that have had injuries this year in the preseason. They're in the, they're in the grand final with maybe the Eagles and, and another club that's... This is, a, this is their biggest weakness coming into mm. this year. They're not going to have... They, they don't have the cattle anyway. Like, it's, it's, they're building a list. They don't have these superstars. So then when uh, Dylan Moore's injured or, 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 or sick, um, they've had CJ go down with a hammy. Um, they've had some of their better players go down. I, I think that's their biggest weakness going into this year. If they can get them back at some point in the first part of the year. But what will happen is if they can't win games early, like a little bit of confidence will come out of the group. And I think that leads me into their biggest strength is Sam Mitchell this season. I think Sam Mitchell, um, as I'm going to absolutely tell you, I went the early crow on, crow on, like one of the best coaches of all time. And you're start, starting to see what he's doing at Hawthorne. I think... If there's a man at the helm that can actually guide them through a bit of injury trepidation, I think it could be Sam Mitchell. Yeah, I agree. The, the plan's been set out. We've been able to see it, even from the other side of the country, what he's trying to do with this list. Uh, injuries, I still think they'll be exciting to watch this year at times once they get the full complement back. And uh, by the way, I think Hawthorne Hall of Fame, uh, the late Alan Jeans has been elevated to legend status. So uh, one of the greats of the Hawks being on it. But yeah, Hawthorne for me, uh, look, a team that's probably not going to play finals, but they could win eight to ten games quite comfortably. I reckon over summer before these injuries happened, I was I had them in a group of teams that contending m- may for finals make finals. Yeah, probably pulled them out of there at the moment. Uh, let's go to Melbourne. We know we've been speaking a fair bit about this football club over the summer. Jack Billings, I reckon, is their biggest in this year. He's a really good player, and these good players that go to good teams, like Schultz, being a, a like I. I think you put, um, and that's no shade on St Kilda, certainly, but I think Melbourne's better than St Kilda. Um, we'll see this year. They were certainly last year. Jack Billings, I think, will go to a new level. I've really liked him at St Kilda. I think in Melbourne's game style, he could really blossom into a, an even better player than he already is. Biggest out, Brody Grundy. No, well, biggest out's Angus Brayshaw. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, Brody didn't play footy, so Angus. And not that he was a major player, but the Joel Smith elements come into it and uh, it's interesting this is the this is the one team I think if you asked three months ago out in straight sets in the finals last year look they've still got plenty of quality they've beaten by a combined total of what about 10 points yes. in those two finals now I know you myself others are thinking what's happened with Brayshaw what's happened with Smith um, the culture issues coming up is this going to mean a slide for a team that's played finals pretty regularly in the last five years. Yeah, I think I think their strength lies in their midfield with Max Gorn, their captain, still the best ruckman in the competition. Um, can they get Oliver underneath him? Can they get Petrarca 
um, consistent again like he was last year. If they can do that, that's their biggest strength. And I think that they've probably got one of the best midfield brigades in the competition. Um, Jack Viney, add that to the mix. And I think that stands up against probably any midfield in the comp. Their weakness is their, their culture, their off-field, their bullshit that's going on outside the f- four walls right now. Yeah, fair enough. You mentioned Oliver. I just I just jumped on Twitter earlier today and I saw a, a piece, which is obviously a back chat uh, feature with Brett Rosebury and yes. the source of vision of you and uh, Clayton Oliver, I think, getting mixed up and you raising your elbow and well, he, Brett- he went down like he'd been shot by uh, uh, Lee Harvey Oswald uh, in the JFK uh, scenario and he was struck on the shoulder, but he, he milked it beautifully. Brett Rosebury reported me. He was right there. So it was very, it was very good to talk to Brett about that <clears throat> because we came up with a magnificent defence there and said, I feathered his chin because I did actually touch his chin. Oh, did his chin? chin? Oh, it looked more shoulder. Was it shoulder? I feathered, I feathered his chin. Okay. Like just a little nick, just a little nick. Okay. What did you get? I was given two and I got off. Wow. Yeah, so that was the point. So Brett Rosebury was absolutely grilled by David Grace, how can you say? <laughs> and basically marched out. Halfway through, the tr- um, Brett Rosebury just said, I don't really care if you hit him or not, Gracie. Like, it's all good, mate. And basically, his like, testimony was thrown out. And yeah, I, was, I got off. On a slightly serious note, in fact, a very serious note, Brett Rosebury, he was in town recently. Um, he posted something on social media on Facebook at the weekend, obviously, that the tragedy in Sydney with uh, the goal umpire, the AFL goal umpire, and his partner who were uh, allegedly murdered. Um, he, he was really close to, well, close mates with him. And, and so he was supposed to umpire a practice match, uh, the young man, and obviously um, what happened happened. And uh, so Brett and the umpiring fraternity, in fact, many in the, the AFL fraternity, uh, uh, still mourning the loss Black of uh, one of their own. Mm. Well done. All right, let's go to North Melbourne. Look, they've had a few list changes here. Uh, Colby McKercher has uh, significant hype around what he can do this season, as well as Zane Dersma. They were their p- first couple of picks this year, pick two and pick four, respectively. Zach Fisher over from Carlton. Can he... Go to a new level. He's a pretty good player at Carlton, but yeah. he was in and out of the team a little bit. They've had some good ins. They have. Uh, isn't it funny? Colby McKercher. Now, if you asked every West Australian footy supporter, well, most, the number one draft pick in the country, who was it? They'd know. The number two, I think you might struggle to get, you know, we're talking one pick. Yep. And the, the pressure that's on the bloke over here, the young man over here, compared to, to Colby, not saying there's no pressure, but it's he, he, I think, will be able to go about his footy in a, a pretty you know, under under Alistair Clarkson, and um, yeah, he's he hopefully will have a, a fruitful career. Zach Fisher's had some injuries during the off season, uh, done a hammy recently as well. So he's a player that you're right. He, he's probably he's a chance to to play as, as a rebounding halfback. He was a small forward. Do they flip their list? So they, how many mm. ins they have? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven ins, and the same amount of outs. Ben McKay, the big name, is probably the biggest one. But they lost a Todd Goldstein. Look, that's leadership. Aaron Hall retired. Jack He's a senior player, and Jack Zebel. Like mm. they've lost some leadership there as well. It's not just all young blokes out the door. Yeah, so off the back of that, look, I think North will be better. What we saw just quickly in that game against Collingwood, pre-season game, albeit... What are they calling it? North ball. North ball. Well, that was just one term. It was it was fast, free-flowing, and you know, Alistair Clarkson, as he's entitled to, trying to change things up to see what, he can, what this team is suited to. That's their biggest strength, I think, their youthful exuberance. You like that, Skate? Yeah, I do. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I think that if harnessed in the right way... They could take a few scalps this year. You know, you get a young group up and about, a little bit like Hawthorne did last year. And and you've got to remember Sam Mitchell's straight out of the Alistair Clarkson playbook. Like, he's 
gone. Uh, he's played and and coached with him. Uh, he has played and coached under Adam Simpson. Yep. Um, it's very much a Hawthorne game style that we'll see at North Melbourne. Their biggest weakness. I'm sorry to say this, but it's probably their their team. Their play like their players. Like I don't think they have a lot of. Uh, cover in the back line. Well, how many A-list players have they got in there? I mean, not yet. Not many. No, LDU's a LDU's, he's a, he's a genuine A-lister. Yes. Um, <laughs> any others? No, I'm just trying to think. No, uh, I think... No, I no think, not being... Not being th- no, no, not, not being facetious, but like, that, that is He's a standout. I mean, Nick, Nick Larkey has to be considered an A-lister. Yeah. Has to be. Yeah. I, yeah, I'd have, I mean, I'd have him in the top five, top five in the AFL yeah, so, probably. So there's, there's at least two, and we may well be overlooking one or two others. There's well. certainly some stars up and coming in their, in their midfield. George Wardlaw probably being the top of that list. He's, yeah. he's a star incoming. I just don't think they have uh, Enough the, quality. the cattle right now, mm. but they will. That, that I can see that they'll be a good side. That just won't be this year. Port Adelaide. Biggest in Asava Radagalia, they've added a little bit of bulk behind the footy for them. They felt like that was uh, something they probably didn't get right last year. Again, uh, not going well in finals. Just want you to talk me through the number number ten draft pick if you can. Number ten draft pick. I just want to talk. The number forty eight draft pick, should I say? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so at number forty eight in the twenty twenty three draft, Port Adelaide selects Thomas. Anna Santa Polopolis. <laughs> what is it? Come on, hero. Uh, I'd say Anna Satas Apollos. Anastasopoulos. Thank you very much, Mark Redding. I hope I'd have to call his name this year. <laughs> that is, you definitely will. That is why you're one of the best in the business. Their biggest out, maybe Xavier Dersman at Essendon. Horacio Fantasia out the door, delisted, but he's found a new home as well. Scott Lysett retired as well. So they've had some outs. Um, young core players are probably their biggest strength. Butters, Rose. Horn Francis takes another leap. Like, that's probably their real core and how they improve. And I think Ollie Wines, he had some knee issues last year. Now, I know you mentioned those players are young mm. and up and coming. Ollie's one of Brownlow. Good point. And it was disappointing last year because his body, according yep. to Ken Hinckley, wasn't, wasn't quite doing him the favours required. So they're a team that they, they, they have to play finals. In fact, I think for Port Adelaide supporters, they've, they've almost got to make a grand final to, to get a pass mark. Is that being... I know the grand final is very difficult, but that's we're in that territory, aren't we? The, the Port well, Adelaide if they make a prelim and they lose to Collingwood. I mean, that's a good year. Yeah, I agree. I, I, yes, I, I think that. But there's a put it this way: there's a lot of pressure on Port to not just be um, playing finals. They have to go very deep. Their back line this year could be uh, Alir Alir and Asava Radagalea. Can you imagine them running around taking intercept marks? marks? That would be that would be <laughs> unbelievable. They're back like. The way Port Adelaide's set up, they're sort of, they, they go hard and fast and they want to be aggressive with how to defend. I think adding Asava to that back line, Trent McKenzie's been playing like a more lockdown role. I think that's probably a, an astute pickup. It could be it could be good to watch those two go about their business. Uh, the weakness for Port Adelaide, they haven't been able to win in finals time. So until they do that, that's still going to be their biggest weakness. Richmond, uh, Sam Naismith added uh, off uh, as a delisted free agent. He had a good couple of years in the VFL. Uh, he has, of course, played in a premier. Definitely played in a grand final. Did they? Did he, was he a premiership ruckman? Uh, he played in a grand final for Sydney Sam Naismith. So he comes to the footy club. Probably their biggest pickup, to be honest. Jacob Kaczynski came over, and then just some Cat B rookies and some draft picks, some big outs. Massive, big names, aren't they? Cochin, Revolt to a lesser extent. Well, Ivan Soldo gone to Port Adelaide, but he's he'll be the number a, one ruckman. He's a big, 
big loss yes. for the current. Obviously, the other two players, greats of the game. And look, I, I think their new game plan could be their biggest strength and weakness this year. Yeah. Under Adam Uzo. Well, I think they've got the ability on their day to beat, as I say, some of the better teams would also drop games. Um, Dusty's obviously depend on him. I read somewhere Adam Uzo, I'm not saying he's, he's stripped all the walls of all their premiership glory photos, but I think he's just tried to somehow park that for the players because a lot of these players that have, you know, had so much success and enjoyed multiple premierships. Mm. Uh, you've been to the buffet once, twice, maybe three times. Let's go, well, you, you can yeah. speak to this. You know, how do you how do you reload under new new voice is one thing, which is good. Yeah, um, it's well, I mean that's it's an interesting concept, isn't it? Because you everyone looks at the game plan and who your players are, but a big part of being a head coach and getting a bunch of players to come together and and and, and play good footy and win is about the mentality and it's the messaging. So like Adam Simpson, you know, over my time under him was a pretty strategic messenger. Like he would he would come up with different ways to motivate through his messaging. So Adam Uze again out of the Clarkson School of Hard Knocks, I think Adam Uze. Yeah, well, I wouldn't be surprised if he was. I, so look, I I think yeah, I think he'll be trying to just say, look, guys, I know you've been a successful side, and we've we're we're, we're proud of our history, and we're proud of what, but what right now. You know, we're trying to win 2024's Premiership. So there's no use having big picture up of Jack Rewalho in the Premiership Cup. He's not going to help us this year. Yes, we love that, but we're a new team this year. You mentioned the ends. In many ways, Tom Lynch is the big in for them because he didn't play much footy, did he? But he's going to be injured again this year, think I think. So? I, don't, like, I, don't, yeah, I don't love his chances of having a big season, to be honest, Skate. But hey, being wrong on this, <laughs> being wrong on this podcast would be going poorly. I can let you know that I haven't done the nudie run, Skeet, um, but okay. it will be run. It will be done. Will be will be done. Don't worry, it will be done before round zero. Okay. okay. Right. Was, can you just tell tell us off the record what um, and on the court what was the hold up? Um, honest, like, do you, want, do you want some honesty or do you want do in you want thirty me? seconds? Oh, 30 seconds. Uh, I forgot. <laughs> you forgot. I forgot. Well, like, what night were you planning to do? I was it? thinking, I was thinking of doing it after we call their game, but I'd forgotten that. The, I told you there's there's fifty thousand yeah. at the WWE. That's what I mean. I've forgotten about that, and then it was yesterday, and I don't know, just being a dad. Yeah, I just, I just forgot. All right, yeah, all right. Yeah. I, I promise. You do it next Saturday. Done. We're going to dinner, going to dinner on Saturday. Why don't you jump in an Uber and go to the office <laughs> and do your stupid prank then? Very good, St Kilda. Uh, they, they are, they could be anything this year. Um, a couple of good. Trades, I think Liam Henry, probably the best of the lot that they've got in. Riley Bonner, I like him as well mm-hmm. uh, from Port Adelaide. But Liam Henry, for mine, probably, you know, it could be Liam Henry and Brad Hill on opposing wings. I've heard Brad Hill's training very well at the moment for St Kilda footy side. Jade Gresham, probably their biggest out across the off season. I think he'll be a very good player. He's gone to Essendon, Jack Billings. Billings and Gresham both out. I, I don't love that, but I've got an inkling that their defensive mindset would have been a reason that Ross wasn't overly keen to keep them. Yeah, okay. Let me just touch on a couple that haven't been listed as, as ins, but they are in some sense because Tim Membry, of course, left the club at the end of last year towards the end yep. for, for personal reasons. He kicked three goals on his comeback intra-club match win, uh, scratch match uh, last week. And Lance Collard, uh, pick, pick 28 uh, for St Kilda, yes. uh, a really exciting young Indigenous player from WA, you called him a bit last year. Yeah, and I think Ross Lyon will be good for him because I think Lance would have loved to have stayed in WA, family ties, and, and yeah, some players, let's be honest, some players 
going to struggle away from home. And that, that has been the concern for him, how he's going to adjust to life in Melbourne. So if he has settled in, let's hope the kid can get... I think Ross will be as good as coach as anyone to try and bring him into the fold. And whether it's a Liam Henry or Brad Hill to really nurture him and let's hope Lance Cullard gets a decent run. And it's secured as a club that I think oh, I was surprised by, particularly the first half of the season, how, how good they were. Ross just, the, the game that stands out for me, Fremantle, St Kilda round one, and Ross just did a number on his old club, didn't he? So he's got the ability still to, to do that. Whether they can play finals, I, you know. It's year two under Ross Lyon. I think that's still on the upward couple. Okay. I think that they think they're still going up. Yep. I think they're still improving. I don't think we're seeing the big Ross drop off that we've seen no. in other clubs. No, whether they've got the the talent and Ross is able to. Well, they didn't clearly. They had so many injuries at the start of last shit season, yep. and he's still got things happening. So I wouldn't discount them from playing finals. But if they dropped out, conversely, I you know I wouldn't be overly surprised if they get some more injuries and they 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 don't have the same success. Uh, I think their scoring power is their biggest question mark. Can they score what they need to to play finals? We know that they're a key defensive side. We know that um, Ross Lyon promotes that. But they were the fourth lowest scoring side in the competition last year, only in front of West Coast, North and Hawthorne. So uh, they play finals scoring that. If they can bump that up, like that, they're, they're, that was significantly lower than other sides as well. If they can kick three goals more a game, that, that, that is a big difference. So I would say, uh, yes, Ross has instilled the defensive mindset in the group. This preseason would have been about how do we score? How do we turn that into scores? Um, proof will be in the pudding if they can do that. Sydney, um, they have had some big, big ins this year. Taylor Adams, Brody Grundy featuring there nicely. I think they'll both slot in as first 18 players. Biggest out. Probably Lance Franklin, the greatest to have ever done it, basically as a forward. Um, it's it's really interesting, um, I, I think, with Sydney that we're talking about them improving as as one of the greats of all time leaves their club. Like, yeah. does that say a bit about their culture and it's why they, they, they go about like, the business? Yeah, well, they, yeah. they don't they don't uh, bottom out historically. I mean, going back to you know. Um, Barassi in the days when he took over, Gary Bacanara was coaching the noise. That was struggle street. No, this is the noise. Okay, okay. But they they don't because maybe the demands in Sydney are you you can't have two or three years in the bottom four as the Eagles will have and Mm. and still survive with you know sponsorship and membership. This club and that's they've shown that you can still contend and still at the same time rebuild and that's that's what they're doing here with those experienced ready made players and Adams and Grundy they'll. They'll be, I mean, if you're doing a top eight, they have to be absolutely in, in strong consideration. Paddy McCartan out the door through retirement. Um, I, I think Joel Hamling's a really good pickup. We saw him here at Fremantle. He's a premiership player with the Western Bulldogs. You and I called the Waffle Grand Final together, did we? I can't remember. Last year? Yeah. No, well, I, I, I called it for Channel 7. I, oh, know. Sorry. No, sorry, but you, you I, weren't in the commentary box from a memory. No, that's right. I was pulling at 6PR. Sorry. <laughs> no, but anyway, you're right. Uh, he played outstanding. He was, was Peel's. Joel Hamley. Joel Hamley. Do you know he's n- never kicked a goal in AFL footy? That's the sort of that's the sort of action I like to hear. We haven't done our Sydney backman uh, for back chat. I'm going to get right around him for that. Well done, Skeeter. Pleasure. I thought he was he was their best player in the Waffle Grand Final last year. He'll go to Sydney. We know how they play. They have their backline has played the same way for mm. literally 20 years. Yeah. Uh, they call it. Uh, uh, 
like the forklift. They get their, their hands like, like this, left and right of your body from behind, and they don't let you behind them. They just keep you in front, shunt them up, shunt them up, shunt them up. And then if you're going to get a touch, you got someone up. up. You just think about Dane Rampey. I bet so Dane Rampey would be perfect. You're literally Dane Rampey. That's how they've defended Heath Grundy. Like these guys, that's how they defend. And then they've bought a bit of the intercept marking in over the past few years. But um, Joel Hamling would just be that guy. He'll be good at it. And too. Logan McDonald, uh, from memory, I think he kicked a, a bag or certainly a few goals at the weekend. He's the man that, you know, obviously West Coast and Fremantle, yes. particularly Fremantle, I think probably looking at the prospect of getting him back at the end of this year. Sydney have got him earmarked as, as, as the man. If you look at West Coast and Fremantle in terms of vacancies, though, it would probably be more West Coast. Well, I suppose Oscar Allen, Jack Darling, yeah, maybe saying they've got salary cap space. Either way, both, imagine, both clubs would be crazy not to have a look at him. Imagine Freo's forward line if it was Amos, Jackson, Tracy. I, I really rate Tracy really highly and Logan McDonald. You wouldn't know where to kick it. You wouldn't know where to play on. Uh, there we go, Sydney Swans, Western Bulldogs. Uh Look, I think um, James Harms, you mentioned him a little earlier on. Um, did you? No. no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you? No, uh, memory. I'll get it mixed up a little bit. James Harms, Harmsy, comes over uh, in a trade from Melbourne. He'll be he'll be a pretty good addition to the Western Bulldogs. Out. Look, there's some names out. I don't know the biggest one. Maybe a Josh Bruce when he retired. I used to think he was in my top three hardest players mm. to ever play on. So ACL uh, for him sort of ruined his back end of his career though. Look, Western Bulldogs, their strength is their list. They're, they've got an elite list. They've got a, they've got forward line potential and firepower, like huge firepower down there. The midfield. You, Hagen, Norton, Lobb. Bontempelli in the midfield. They've got, yeah. they've got, the, they've got all the, every base covered. That's why there's so much heat on Luke Beveridge. Correct. So their list is their strength. Can they put it together in a game plan that stands up? I don't know. They were really inconsistent last year. Bailey Smith might be the biggest out this year, given his ACL injury yeah, in the yeah, preseason. Yeah, that. But yeah, that's, that's really sad for him. Just a quick shout-out. Aidan O'Driscoll, brother of Nathan, taking a pick 55. Uh, runner. If he's not the quickest player in the AFL, should he get a game? He's certainly really? running in the uh, grand final sprint. Fast. On grand final. Very quick. Mate, he's super quick. I like that a lot. Biggest weaknesses for Western Bulldogs is their inconsistency and yeah. their, their lack of identity, probably. And sometimes a bit flaky when you think they should be, you know, yep. uh, playing like Tarzan. They play like someone. They <laughs> West Coast beat them last year. West Coast beat them at we, Marvel. Exactly. Which is, And they were, they were playing for finals. Wow. That's shockingly bad. Uh, there you go. That's the rest of the teams. If you want West Coast and Fremantle, we're going to get right stuck into them. Full breakdown coming up Thursday at Bustleton. Uh, Shelter Brewing right down there on the foreshore. They've got Skate sitting up. They've got a bit of a throne for him there. They've got some nice beers. Skate will shout you a few beers. Will you will we be shouting the people beers? No, I'll Can you be, confirm that? I'll be happy to, to, uh, to <laughs> go into a wallet and see if there's any money left. <laughs> hopefully there's some air conditioning down at the shelter because there's none in this room. And it's uh, yeah. Hopefully we get that sorted out before we uh, get into the depths of winter. Will do, Skate. Stop wearing your, um, your, your suit pants and shirts in here, mate. Wear some shorts next time. He, he hosted... What did you host the other day? You're in shorts. Oh, the 6PR opening. You didn't want to put some pants on for that? It was that? 39 degrees, William. Oh, uh, tell you what. <laughs> and then we're calling the game. Yeah, we're, we're wrapping up, by the way. Um, Shelter Footycast on socials, footycast at shelterbrewing.com. We're, we're, we're calling the game. It could have been mid-quarter. And you're on the phone to tab... <laughs> 
tap touch. Put a bet on. Going, hello, Mark Redding's account number, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I want India, New Zealand. <laughs> Bloody less runs in the second innings. What are you even betting on? Meanwhile, Scoey hears fireworks at the back of the grandstand. He's like a three-year-old looking out to see he's never seen fireworks before. Grow up! Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.